and welcome back to another Mean Green Podcast. I am your host, Reed Smith, as always. And with me is Milo Mahaltz. It's been a little bit. We took a little bit of a uh, week hiatus, um, if that's what you want to call it. Um, I think a hiatus because we're busy type deal. I don't, I don't yeah, know how it was. It was. It. it was our bye week. It's probably the best way to put it. It was our bye week. Yeah, that's right. We, we were we were both really busy. Um, yeah. I mean, you more so than me, but I think we're both kind of this time of the year is a little bit busy, more so for oh, you. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know yeah, you're you're in the, you're in deep in the weeds of your journalism majors. So yeah, yeah, deep in the weeds of the journalism majoring, and uh, I'm looking at that uh, softball schedule to my right, man, and it's just straight for three months. That's pretty much my weekends. So. Yeah, that's going to become your new favorite sport again. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I used I do to cover that. Me. Yeah, welcome back to the grind um, moment. Football is so easy. It was Tuesdays and Saturdays, and then you do nothing the rest of the week, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> and then now we, we've returned to softball season. They play series. They got four games. Starting tomorrow, it's Friday when we're recording, a little later than usual. But how's your week been, man? It's been good. It's been good. Um, not really that busy, which is good. I, I mean, I had a, a few things that I was taking care of for work throughout the week, but mm-hmm. that was fine. Uh, I think more so just looking forward to this weekend. Last weekend was good as well, because I unfortunately was not able to provide a weekend update last wow. week because we didn't do an epi yeah. so uh, my my weekend update was uh you know yeah. we went to last weekend update we went to a concert me and my girlfriend on friday and uh mm-hmm. then saturday we we visited some uh vintage stores uh thrift stores and uh, burbank and and that was good so who did who uh, did y'all go see oh it was just some smaller local um band that uh, she likes she's uh She's always been a fan of them, and she's been wanting to go see a concert for them. So, I got her tickets um, during Christmas time. I I got her tickets. That was a gift, and so finally they came. They came to downtown LA uh, last Friday night, and we went. Well, and it was fun. It was my first concert. Actually, it was my first. I've, concert. I've never been to one. I was about to say that. Yeah, you yeah. broke your your concert virginity. I, I still have. One. That's right. Yep. Um, not exactly my taste of music um as you might already know you know um well, i know I, your taste I'm of music big drake travis scott i like playboy cardi that's kind of my kind of my stuff but i've also kind of you know i also like a bunch of other stuff too uh the music Bro that we want to fiend. go i am i am a fiend you can clip that one <laughs> but <laughs> yeah yeah so uh it was good though regardless it was good to kind of get that experience see everybody and how they interact in a concert environment uh mm-hmm. you know unfortunately my girlfriend and i are not the most uh, outgoing yeah. um, extroverted people so yeah. uh you know we were not moshing and going crazy like some of the other people were but, yeah yeah that yeah, was my Casey's weekend, been, though. Yeah, Casey's been trying to get me to a concert, man. Last summer, she was like, well, if you pick a concert you want to go to, I will go with you to it. And I just didn't pick one. <laughs> so, yeah, still haven't been to a concert. She's a big concert person. Uh, I'm not similar to you. So, 
It is what it is. That sounds Always like it was fun. For everything, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, last weekend, let's see, there was Super Bowl. We'll talk about that later. Um, I believe we made Super Bowl predictions on the last episode. I don't know if we did. I, I don't think know if we, we did. did. You I think we think did? We, well, either way, I, I had predicted the Chiefs to win, and they you won. Did. Yeah. That you did. But um, watch that. Uh, reported basketball, reported the first four softball games. I'll, I'll get more to that in a second. Um, then this week, uh, what did I do this week? Oh, I turned 22 yesterday. Uh, it was my birthday. Um, We're now the same age. Which is weird. This that little, is weird. Like, the little like five months that were the same age. So, yeah, that's that's also how it is with um. That's not how it is with my brother. I was gonna say that's how it is, with my brother. No, but that's uh, oh oh. So you're just is, a liar. No, no, <laughs> no. But that's interesting. You know, I I think it's. I don't know why you're probably gonna take offense to this, but I thought you were turning twenty one. <laughs> how young do you think I am? I don't know. I mean, you're still in college, and I'm graduated, so you're kind of okay. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I'm sorry. Stuff me in a locker, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. My what God. Do. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. well, that. No, happy sir. belated twenty second. I I appreciate that. What I got for my birthday was mm, soggy super pit fries and uh, uh, just a delicious uh, sandwich that had like two pieces of bread that were the size of uh, an oatmeal cream pie, some dried chicken. I mean, the birthday dinner of dreams, really. That is the dinner of a 22-year-old champion. Oh, That's yeah. phenomenal. I, I mean, know how much you were promoting. You were heavily promoting those soggy super pit fries. Oh, man. I was, just, I was, I was so salivating ready. at the mouth when, dude, you, uh, when you mentioned dude, those. I horked down like two, and then I was done. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Then then you had to go ask Penny Hardaway some questions. Yeah, then I went to go ask Penny Hardaway some questions. He didn't want to be there um, <laughs> at all. We'll get more basketball in a second. <laughs> uh, man, we usually move on to don't read into it here, but I think it's only appropriate that we move on to UNT softball talk. I, I know, Milo, you don't follow softball. You don't. I don't. You don't. And so this will be my little section where I talk about softball. Sometimes it will be don't read into it. Sometimes it will be softball. Today, it is softball because they did open with a 2-2 two and two record at the Condrea Classic in Tucson, Arizona. Last weekend, it was a mixed bag. Rain was in the area. Two games got canceled. They're supposed to play six. They ended up playing four. Um, and, you know, the, those four games told a very different story. They started the the season out with a 7-0 victory over Utah Tech. And get this, ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie Childers, the sophomore hard thrower from Arkansas, gets her first complete game shutout. And not just the first complete game shutout, her first complete game after a season in which she started hot last year and then kind of wavered there in midseason. She came up big again in the uh, USA tournament in May. Um, but she she was a little bit up and down in her freshman season. You'd expect that from a from a freshman right-hander. Um, but man, her first start of the season, it was almost, you don't want to say it, but it was almost Trout Wine-esque in, in nature. 
seven innings pitch. That looked a little trout whiny. It looked a little hope trout whiny. <laughs> <laughs> McKenzie dons the number seven, just like trout wine. Seven innings pitch, two hits, three walks, 12 strikeouts, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! They could not see her pitches. Utah Tech had no answer for the mean green. They win the first one seven to nothing in that game. They were one away from tying the home run record for a single game. Molly Rainey went deep in the third inning. Riley Nicholson in the fourth. Elizabeth Moffitt, the Texas Tech transfer who never played a game for Texas Tech in her freshman season. How's that for a college debut, ladies and gentlemen? An, uh, one for two with a homer. That's something. Lexi Cobb singled to right field to bring in the former UTSA star, Kat Ibarra. Kat did the old switcheroo, entered the portal from UTSA and entered and, uh, pardon me, and joined UNT. I mean, you can come comment on that, Milo, because you <laughs> everyone knows our thoughts oh, on San yeah. Antonio. Oh, if yeah. If you were Katty would you have gone from San Antonio to Denton? I would you know, have somebody skedaddled. who has gone to San Antonio I, to as, Denton. As, so, as someone who has gone from San Antonio to Denton, I would have skedaddled on down, or on up, I should say, rather to North Texas. <laughs> I, I would have definitely done that, although Denton is not all... It's not all sunshine and rainbows, as a matter of fact. It's very rarely yep. sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> but it is still a uh, it's still a positive move. Yeah. Way to go. It is. Yeah. Uh, for future reference, since I, I feel like you're going to hear her name a lot this season, Milo, Kat Ibarra. She's a second baseman and shortstop. Man, she was every bit of what they expected from her and weekend one for the team. Uh, just to round out the Utah Tech game, Tatum Sparks homered to left. She was probably the player of the weekend for UNT, and Caddy Barra hit a home run off the right fielder's glove and right. Felt bad for the girl Gardner. G Gardner. I can't. I don't know why I can't speak. Gardner in right field. She had she had the ball tracked at the, at the warning track, right, Milo? And she has her glove up. She's about to catch it. It bounces off her glove and over the wall for the home run. So, Twice, to quote our friend John, twice a bit fluky home run. Twice a bit fluky. Twice a bit mm. fluky, but a home run is a home run at the end of the day. Um, then things went quite south for, for UNT uh, in the nightcap uh, of Friday night's games. Uh, against Arizona, they lost 8 to nothing in five innings. Skylar Savage got the start. She uh, does not make it out of the uh, third inning. She goes 2.2 innings pitch, five hits, six runs, five earned runs, four walks, no strikeouts. Uh, Wagoner came in to pitch the remainder of the game. Didn't give up any earned runs, but did give up two runs in general. Miranda Stoddard and Aisa Silva end up getting the shutout for the Arizona Wildcats. And Milo, would you like to know an insane stat about the Wildcats? Sure, why not? So in softball, there's the run rule. I'll explain that to you and listeners who may not know this. The run rule is eight. Uh, if it is eight nothing after five innings, then the game will be over after the fifth inning. Really? They just call mm -hmm. it a game. Mm-hmm. And the, it's twelve <laughs> runs after uh, twelve run deficit after three, I believe. Um, but man, 
Arizona has yet to play a full game this season. Interesting. They have because their games keep ending. Yep, they have run ruled every single opponent they faced this season. That's crazy. It is, and UNT was a victim of that twice last weekend. We're going to go ahead and get the Arizona games out of the way here. They lost 8-0, first one, two hits, um, three errors on Friday night, so was not a great performance for the Mean Green. But if you look at Sunday's competition, you know, it was not too on Saturday night, uh, Arizona ran it back. They decided that one run rule victory versus UNT was not enough. They got another one. 8-0 win over the mean green. Oof, Aisa Silva looked fantastic again. 4.1 innings pitched, a hit, no earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. Brookman and closed it out, pitching two-thirds of an inning, one strikeout, and completing the win over UNT. Mackenzie Childers got her second start of the weekend. And unlike her stellar start against Utah Tech, this one was a little bit rough for the hard-throwing sophomore righty. She goes 2.1 innings, seven hits, seven earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Wagoner once again came on in relief and pitched one and two-thirds innings. One hit, one run, one earned run, so a pretty good outing for Wagoner. She had a pretty good weekend for out of the bullpen. Then the Mean Green would not need their ace again after that. It's Skylar Savage, and the Mean Green bounced back against the Lipscomb on Sunday. Skylar pitched a five game or a five inning complete game, uh, two hits, two runs, two earned runs, four walks, four strikeouts. Uh, the two earned runs were a home run in the second inning. From there, UNT's offense just kind of took precedent over the game. Man, Macy Ogle, the starter for Lipscomb, you got a feel for her. So Milo, she started the game. She got rocked in the, in the second inning. She re-enters the game later because in softball, you can re-enter once, once you go out. She re-enters <laughs> and they hit her up some more. So she ends up with That's eight. Uh, runs six of them being earned the game ends up being 12 to 2 in favor of north texas they'd only need five innings to do it skylar savage got the win got her to one and one and that brings us to this weekend north texas it's not done with their tough schedule rodney delong before the season said that this is the toughest schedule that he and his team have really faced in his time here and, and certainly maybe in their history in their 18 year history Facing a ranked 6-0 now, number 14, Missouri. They no-hit Texas A&M Commerce in their first game of the Tracy Beard College Classic. UNT doesn't play until Saturday. They're going to go up against number 14, Mizzou. They got swept by them last season in Columbia. Um, might be a good matchup. You know, second tough opponent of the year. First ranked opponent of the year, SEC. Milo, it just means more. South Dakota State then comes in. They play UNT at 4 p.m. on Saturday and then line it back up for the same exact two games on Sunday. Mizzou versus UNT, second time this weekend for an 11 a.m. start against South Dakota State at 1.30 to close out the Tracy Beard College Classic at Lovelace Stadium. Usually the Tracy Beard College Classic is in a high school stadium, 
around DFW, but they decided to be logical and actually host it at UNT, since UNT is always at the tournament anyway. And it's kind of a nice little debut for the new-looking park, the new-look Lovelace Stadium. Got the new dugout, got some green lights. It looks fantastic. But Milo, here's the bad news. I still have to sit out in the cold, and it's going to be cold this weekend, 48 and windy. Oh, oh that's yeah. tough. The you classic know, I, Denton weather. I, I have a question. That is the classic right. Denton weather. But my question, wasn't this the thing that we joked about where we said, where, um, you know, the softball game they hosted in a high school stadium? Didn't we joke about that and say they should, <laughs> they should host UNT football in a high school stadium or something like that? <laughs> Uh, yes, we well, did. We did. Yeah, so I, I think it was correlated. Well, to that, last year they didn't. Last year they didn't even host the Tracy Beard College Classic at a high school's like park. They hosted it at like a complex, a nice complex, but it was like a, you know, you know, like club sports. Like I w- growing up, I worked at Keller. I worked in played at Keller Soccer Association. Oh, it was a very yeah. similar complex to that, like your neighborhood thing. It was in uh, Salina. So yeah, uh, and yeah, it was yeah. funny because there were like some big teams there and they were playing in like these little tiny parks. <laughs> like, like it looked like, you know, just like your average yeah. drive down the road in your neighborhood park. But yeah, they're they're doing it legit this season. I'm going to be sitting outside in the cold being very cold. Got my new scorebook in the mail today. It's going to be a good season, Milo. UNT is 2-2 two and two heading into there. I would expect Mackenzie Wagoner to get her first start of the season this weekend. It was pretty good for DeLong that he was able to rest his best arm. I mean, she only came in in relief, so she'll have plenty of energy to start this weekend uh, in her senior season, the leader of the staff in the ace just to give you some stats, just to round out our little softball talk. Um, Caddy Barra leading the team, 500 average, 1445 OPS. Man, that's everything that UNT expected out of the UTSA transfer. Lexi Cobb looking back to her normal self after a little bit of an offseason last year. She, you know, she. She's getting back on base, 45% last weekend. Kaylee Christensen doing her thing, 375 average, 944 OPS. Nicholson, 1250. And, man, Tatum Sparks, nine at-bats, three hits, five RBIs, seven total bases. Uh, She was definitely the second-best hitter for UNT last weekend behind Caddy Barra. Got some good production from, from Rainey. Expecting Sierra Simon and Kaylee Gamble to pick it up a little bit here. Back home. But you figure they're they're gonna figure it out. I mean, this UNT softball team has always been defined by very hard schedules and some rough times to start the season, but they always figure it out down the road. Uh, they certainly did that last season. Took them a little longer than usual, but by April, May, they had that big sweep at FAU, which set them up for a potential regular t- season title, which of course they did not uh, achieve, but they did make it to the tournament final for CUSA in their final CUSA game and, you know, got beat by a call and you can't really do anything about that. But Ronnie DeLong, I think we'll have these, these girls playing, um, got three solid pitchers and Childers, Savage, Wagner, Wagner, your ace, Childers, potentially your breakout star. And then Savage, I would imagine she's going to be the inning eater this season for the mean green. They, uh, 
both, uh, pardon me, Childers, Savage, and Wagoner. Uh, Childers heading into the the weekend with a 5.25 ERA. Savage with a 6.39 ERA in Wagoner and a with a 1.91 ERA. They gave up a total is a group of 18 runs, 15 of them earned in four games last week. But that will end our softball talk today, Milo. You can come back. We can talk about what you can talk about now. Thank you. Let me <laughs> well, let me go put my drinks away and, and stop kicking my feet up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were listening to me. I, I know you were. Yeah, I definitely was. But Thanks, very Paul. a very well-executed softball segment. The Thank first you. of many Thank here you. on another meeting. Oh, podcast. yes. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah. I got to release it. I don't talk to anybody about UNT softball. I got to release it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into women's basketball. Or as we like to call it, the hardwood. The hardwood. Right. Milo, I don't know if you saw my tweet last, last night, but before I, I start this women's basketball talk, Jalen Mallard junior forward for for unt women's basketball they they had the women's basketball team on the on the floor throwing t-shirts on uh thursday she was throwing absolute piss missiles into the stands she was looking like josh allen out here she was looking like josh allen i thought she was going to kill a kid like she was throwing (laughs) them so hard i'm like my god like she was putting her entire whole body into it like great throwing motion i mean I think if you're Coach Morris, you got to be looking at her licking well, the chops, going, man, well, what an opportunity. Well, Miss Mallard, you want to play some football? <laughs> well, we, we we got a great football program here. We got a great and, football we, program we here. to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we, just, we just lost a guy. His, his name was Chandler Rogers. I don't know if you were some, but, uh, you know, you could definitely fill the void. <laughs> Yeah, no, she was throwing absolutely, I mean, absolutely yonking it into the stands, into the stands, and they've been absolutely yonking their opponents lately. Two straight wins for the Mean Green after two straight losses. We've talked about it all season, Milo. We've said it a lot. They bounce back. That's what they do. Oh yeah, they bounce back, and and they do it in a big way, a big and efficient manner. Big and efficient is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> Hey, you know what they say? It's not necessarily about the size. Oh but it's my more god! So, it's more so about the magnitude. It's more it's so about the most. It's more so about the, the motion, motion of the ocean. ocean and magnitude and the way yeah. that you can bounce yeah. back from these oh, games. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Last night took an L, but tonight they bounce back. Yep. All right. Seventy-eight, sixty-five win over SMU. Sixty-seven, fifty-seven win over Florida Atlantic University. And Milo, they're doing something that UNT men's basketball could not they're 10 and 0 at the super pit they've protected their house very nice you love to see that very impressive very impressive yep yep they've been fantastic and i'm just pulling up the i should have done this before the show um but i forgot to pull up the aac standings so um you get to listen to me um kind of rant kind of like ramble and save space all right yeah they lead the american <laughs> athletic conference with nine and three record 19 and five overall 79.2 percent winning percentage 10 and 0 at home seven to five on the road and milo it's looking like they are going to bring that number one seed at 10 dickies arena um the dickies arena 
the Dickies Arena. And, you know, that Rice game, the second to last game before, before the season ends, that's going to be a huge one, Milo. Rice is right under them at 9-4 and four in the American Athletic Conference. So if Burton can keep his players playing for the remainder of the season, which is six games, then they are looking at the number one seed. We'll have some clinching scenarios for you in the next two weeks as they edge toward the end of their regular season. No matter what seed they are, they will be a force to reckon with in the American Athletic Conference Championships. Man. Yeah. Women's yeah, basketball, I, man. I, I think they got it. I think they got uh, it. They've been, they've, been, they've been chugging along all season. Uh, I don't see them slowing down. And even if they do slow down, like you said, they're still going to be a force in the tournament. The beauty of this is that, you know, they could drop a couple games. Um, They could afford to lose a couple games. Let's say they go three and three in their final six. Um, You know, they still head into the tournament in a solid position. And then on top of that, you can just kind of bank on them, you know, going pretty far in the tournament just because naturally the makeup of this team and, and how deep it is. Um, you know, you need your depth in in postseason matchups, and uh, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna definitely rely on that for sure. And man, their their forward duo of Desiree Colonel or Des Bab told me how to say this Desiree Colonel and Tamisha Lampkin Colonel. I always say Colonel because I'm trying to be over accented. It's because I'm a Filipino named Reed Smith. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of these people that actually have like, you know, cool names. Um, you want to be named Desiree? I would be named Desiree before. That's at least more than that's what three syllables. Yeah. I might yeah, just be yeah, better I, than Reed Smith. <laughs> I have one syllable in the most common last name. You know, you do have, you do have a, uh, a firm named after you Reed Smith. LLC. I do have Reed Smith LLC. I do. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to like say that on the, Oh, we, 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 we might have know. to I mean, bleep it out. I mean, I mean, they are a law firm, so I don't want, yeah. <laughs> want to be sued. Um, yeah. uh, but no, yeah, back, back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the stalwarts of the team have been Tamisha Lampkin and Desiree Colonel. Uh, 15.6 points uh, per game for, for Desiree and 15.5 for Tamisha. They are tight. Very, very close um, in, in uh, average. And they're almost average on the – or about the same on the on boards too. 7.8 for Tamisha, 7.6 for Desiree. I mean, they have been solid this year, have had some great role players in Jocelyn Moore and Deani Robinson. Um, there's not much else we can say other than women's basketball. The, the switch – we say this every week, but the switch from – Mitchell to Burton has been maybe, I mean, Jared Mosley, Jared Mosley must be sitting back in his chair going, Oh man, I made a good hire. (laughs) (laughs) I just secured my job for the next 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Watch, watch. He's going to be like, Oh man, if Morris goes four and eight, four and eight this year, doesn't matter. I got a championship (laughs) women's basketball team. (laughs) Oh man, no, really great hire. Really great hire. Fantastic that was, hire. That's definitely. I mean, that was a home run. Yeah. And I, I think UNT, that, that's just the way that you got to go if you're UNT, right? Poach the highest level talent that you can find at the lower, at like the lower level, like below you. Um, yeah. 
and they did exactly that. They took a chance on this guy and definitely paid off. So, so really can you stuff. remind me before Texas A&M Commerce played in Division One in the uh, Southland Conference? Can you remind me where they played before? Mm, perhaps the uh, the conference that we probably don't know. Probably we we don't know. No, I, don't, I don't I don't know. Do you, do you know which one it is? I don't know. I mean, I heard through the grapevine that it it might just be the Lone Star Conference, but again, oh, I, I don't exactly know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know anything about it. I've I've never you know researched it, never talked about it before. It, the only beats, person that I've me. heard, the only person that I have heard know about the Lone Star Conference is Jason Burton. Yep, Jason Burton knows the Lone Star Conference. Oh man, that will beat the hell out of that joke forever. Um, he knows the Lone Star Conference, and now he knows the American Athletic Conference. He's got like the Thanos glove of knowing conferences <laughs> at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, credit to him. Uh, seems like a really fun guy. Great coach, obviously. Lots of chemistry. Yeah. All right. Now to a team that's struggling with a first-year head coach. Not struggling. What Do we want to call men's basketball a struggle this season? No, I would just say mediocre. I would say <laughs> I would. That's well, worse. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. No, 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 because I don't know if that's worse. I mean, struggling is like you're bad. I, this team is not bad. I just think this team has been a little bit disappointing. And it, injured. It's not, it's not up, yeah, and injured with Ruben Jones out, but it's not. And CJ. Yeah, it's not up to standard, up to that mean green standard that was set by the previous head coach. I mean, you say that, and I get it, but at the same time, what I mean, last year was like the first year that, well, I wouldn't say the first year. How do I put this? Before Tyler Perry existed, McCaslin never had like a super convincing team before right, the tournament. I mean, well, before the tournament, yeah. Before the NCAA tournament. I'm saying before the, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, I know they won the CBI, but if you're looking at regular seasons, McCaslin did not have like outstanding mind-blowing regular seasons until yeah, last season. I, I guess in terms of regular season, yeah. Regular season, yeah. yeah last I mean, year, that, they, and that, and they hit like, the record for wins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, here And, and hey, what's it called? I'm going to hit you with the Kanye. I'm going to let you finish, but <laughs> but uh, if you're looking at it, it's like 20 wins. You know, they're not setting the world on fire by any means. Um, 20 wins a year at UNT. That is setting the world on fire, I would say. Yeah, UNT. <laughs> at UNT. Uh, and certainly anywhere. 20 wins is big. But you look at 20, 20, 21, 18 and 10, which looks very, very similar to UNT's record now. Yeah. Yeah, this is a and team that's kind of predicated. You can go ahead and finish. 20, 20, 20. Thanks, Kanye. Uh, 20, 20, 2021. <laughs> Um, that's the year they beat Purdue. So I, I, I'm just saying, I, I want to say, yes, they've been mediocre. And because yes, if you're looking at expectations versus reality, they've been mediocre, but in terms of what UNT has been historically in the last decade, they have not been, um, this team 
will not be fun to face in, in, in at Dickies. I mean, if they get Nolan and Ruben back in time and actually healthy, not like Ruben coming back versus SMU, if they get both of them healthy for for Fort Worth, I would not be shocked to see them win the whole oh, damn yeah. thing at all. Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. have the talent to do so. Yeah, they definitely do. And we've seen them, you know, a telltale sign of that is the fact that every game that they've played in, FAU, Memphis, and then I'm sure there's other, another one that I'm forgetting, but they've been neck and neck with them. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, what was it, UAB, I think? UAB mm-hmm. as well. Um, you've been neck <laughs> and neck with the team that is, you know, the team that's coming in and, and willing to put up a fight against you guys. The, all the other teams that, that are, you know, quote-unquote better than you or just as good as you, um, you're putting up a fight with them. You're staying with them every step of the way. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a team that definitely, when healthy, you can't rule them out. And I think they're probably going to be a sleeper to to win the American. Oh, for sure. And listen, I think that UAB loss was the worst loss of the lot. Yeah. UAB tied the game in the penultimate possession because Ross Hodge was trying to call a timeout and the entire team froze. Oh yeah, they didn't call the timeout, and then no, and then the they scored. So yeah, yeah, and and it's so holy. If you're like, or now I gotta, I didn't even mean to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now you're like, if you're the big man who who scored that point, I don't know why his name is escaping me right now. Um, you, he had the lane open. He's dunking for the tie. You're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, uh, Yaxel Lindeborg. He, which insane name, by the way. That's he crazy. sees the he sees the rim, and he's like, "Whoa, neuron activation!" It's like because there was no <laughs> there was no one there. I asked Rondell Walker after the game. It's like, did you, did you pause? Like, what happened? He goes, "Yeah, I thought we were getting the timeout." And I'm like, <laughs> so it was just a complete breakdown. So UNT should have won that game. They they dominated the first half, 35 26 in the first half, dominated. There's no other word for it than dominated. And then just blew yeah. it. And, you know, that's something that they didn't do against Memphis. They looked like they were going to in the first half, 33-30, after leading by 18 points. Uh, but they pulled away, got the win, 76-66. But I'll hand the floor to you since I just stole it for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> just what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think that this team last night was great from beyond the arc. They definitely were, and I think John Bugs looked really good. Um, you know, I was, I was watching some of it and and just seeing the way that they were able to move the ball and get guys like Bugs in position to hit those threes. Uh, I think that they moved the ball really well. They yeah. moved the ball really well, and it showed last night. And I think they definitely got off to the right start. They got off to I think it was what fifteen three, something like that. Is yeah. Something, yeah, 15-3, and you get off to that start, and you don't take your foot off the gas. I mean, they kind of did because Memphis got back in it a little bit, uh, but you know they were able to hold on and, and come away with the win. And I think all night the expectation was that once you go up 15-3, you're probably going to win this game as long as you keep your foot on the gas, and they did. Yeah, uh, they did. So I, I think it's good. I think it was definitely it was a good win, great win too. I think this was um, – this was what the American showcase or something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to be able to come away with a win 
on a game that is being spotlighted. It's a primetime game. Uh, this was on ESPN, right? Not ESPN Plus. I remember it was correctly. on ESPN. Yeah. yeah, and to come away with a win on ESPN on you know big time television. That's good. That's good for UNT. And I think basketball is definitely beating the allegations that they can't win in prime time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that FAU loss. Yeah. Uh, but I think it just a good win overall. I think the environment was also really good. Yeah. Pretty uh, good and, environment. Yeah. Pretty good environment for a, a Thursday night game. And Memphis, unfortunately, they have not seen as much success as they would have liked to, as much as they, they, uh, they boasted about potentially seeing they have not lived up to expectations. So if Memphis had come into last night's game being a top 25 team, like they said they were going to be, um, then we probably would have seen an even better atmosphere and environment at the super pit for sure. But uh, I mean, still good stuff. Good stuff overall yeah. for UNT. I would bet that half that crowd didn't know who Penny Hardaway was. Um, yeah, probably. probably not. All right. Down the stretch, UNT and their final six games, final three weeks of the season. Kind of hard to believe it's gone this quick. Um, UAB on Sunday. And then, Milo, we get into some trap games. And I'm not talking Fetty Wap. UTSA, (laughs) February 24th, at the pit, trap game. Tulane in New Orleans, trap game. East Carolina at home, trap game. FAU at the pit. Trap game? No, that's just hard game. And then Rice yeah. to end the season, huge trap game. Lots of trap games remaining. Yeah, um, I guess you could consider ECU a trap game. Uh, I mean, they barely came away with that win last yeah. time. Yeah. So I, I guess you could consider it a trap game, even though they should be the favorites. Now, if they come into yeah. the game having lost the past three straight, then yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a trap game. It's gonna but be hard. We'll see. Yeah. For UNT to really, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's going to be pretty hard for them to get into any tournament this season if they don't win the AAC tournament. Yeah. I could see them maybe make the CBI, but that's even a stretch, I think. Um, Not the new reformed NIT? (laughs) The the new NIT that just bans all mid-majors? Yeah, no, no chance. Uh, Memphis yeah. is probably going regardless. Um, well, at least they'll at least UNT will have a record if there are no more uh, mid-major programs. UNT can say that they were the last mid-major to win an NIT. That's absolutely true. But I mean, just going down this list, UNT's best win right now is probably SMU. Yeah, UNI. Yeah, and I ended up not being too good anyway. Yeah. So uh, the the it's not that impressive. It's not that impressive of a resume. Uh, but they still have time, right? If you they beat do. FAU at the pit, then that's your most, you know, your prized possession. That's your that's your win right there. That is absolutely true, Milo. Any final thoughts here on on men's basketball? I don't know. Um, I really like what you said earlier. Kind of, you know, resonated with me. Where you said this is a team that's, uh, you know, they've never really had a stellar regular season. Um, and so as I watch this team play, and I 
I continuously come on here and say that they've been disappointing in the regular season. They've been mediocre. At the end of the day, I think if you're a Mean Green fan, you just have to remember that this is a program that is predicated on postseason success. Yep. Um, so in the regular season, you might be mediocre. You might finish with 11, 12 losses, maybe. At the end of the day, all that really matters is if you come away with a postseason win in which this team, this program, has clearly shown that they can win in the postseason. So Yes, they have. Yeah, so through watch the remaining six games of the season through gritted teeth. Hope that they can come away with as many wins as possible. Um, but just know that as soon as the regular season comes to an end, it's a totally different ball game for them. It is, and it always kind of has been, at least in this modern era of UNT basketball, but that will wrap up our UNT men's basketball talk. We'll have more with results from this weekend's game against UAB at Bartow Arena, the most attended arena in the American Athletic Conference. So it's going to be electric there. It's an it's a an electric show there. It's going to be a good one. UNT has beat UAB at Bartow in their last four games. So mm. Going to be an interesting one for sure because you know the Blazers know that. Oh, yeah. And would love to change it. Yeah. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. We're a little late, but... We're a little late. little late. Why not? Sunday, Sunday was the Super Bowl. Man, Milo. Uh, Chiefs did it. They did Chiefs it. Chiefs kingdom. And I can't, I can't say that I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Um... Because, you know, they always find a way. Getting Mahomes, going down late or going up against Mahomes, right? You get the lead heading into the second quarter. You don't want to be in that position. You don't want to put Mahomes in a comeback position because he will come back. The Chiefs will come back. We saw it time and time again. And that's just, that's just what they do. That's what they do. So I called it. I actually, before the Super Bowl even started, I said, look, 49ers are probably going to go up early. They're going to carry a lead into halftime. Everybody's going to be like, man, it looks like the Niners are going to win. The Chiefs aren't looking too good. They're getting clamped. And then second half comes out, it's a totally different Chiefs team. It, it yep. just that That's just what happens. And it's the same thing that we saw with Brady. We saw that. I don't yep. want to make the comparisons, but we did see that with Brady multiple times throughout his career. Uh, with the Patriots. Uh, and I know there were people that were referencing it during the Super Bowl, uh, but Brady against the Falcons, dude. I mean, he went down 28-3. I know, I know that this was not, this is obviously not the same level of a comeback. Nowhere near. But I'm just throwing an example that, you know, Brady multiple times during his career did not shy away from coming back in the Super Bowl. Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're the same way. They're the same yeah. way in a sense where they, yeah. they don't shy away from a comeback at all. You cannot rule them out until it's over. No, I mean, I, I think both quarterbacks in the game were stellar. I mean, one was just Patrick Mahomes at the end. And one was uh, better than the other clutch. Brock, yeah. And the other one was Brock Purdy. Um, but no, Brock Purdy and, and Patrick Mahomes both had really good games. Don't really understand why Shanahan stepped away from the run game in the second half. McCaffrey looked really good. They were even getting good production. He was great. Yeah. At a 31 there for a little bit. Um, just, I don't know. I, I question that. Uh, and then I think the big thing that really came out of the Super Bowl 
other than you know Kelsey and Taylor Swift and <laughs> Taylor Swift and, <laughs> and the Chiefs winning and and all that. Other than all that, the the fourth biggest thing to come out of that game was that the Niners did not know the overtime rules. Thank you. Yes, I was literally <laughs> going to say that the Niners were my you know cornball of the week runner-ups for not knowing the overtime rules. It's the damn Super Bowl, and you don't know the overtime rules. There were guys literally saying, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was Kittle or not. But they say, oh, yeah, I didn't know the rules until the ref was literally explaining them, until the rules were displayed on, on the on the video board. Like, really? Yeah, I believe it was Kyle Uzchik, Yeah, Uzchik, that was saying that. That yeah. is ridiculous. And the Chiefs said they had a guy, like I was listening to In the Heights, uh, Travis and – and Jason Kelsey's podcast, they were saying that they have a guy that tells them this thing, like all the rules, like months in advance. So they never don't know a rule or are not prepared for anything. The Niners and, were woefully unprepared. And they wanted the ball. They wanted the ball because of that, because they didn't know the rules. And I saw a, a mic up clip. I would think it was Mahomes. It's Mahomes, he's going around telling the Chiefs, they're like, they want the ball, they want the ball. And it's like, dude, they were shocked. Kansas City was shocked that, you know, the Niners won the coin toss and they wanted the ball because they didn't understand the overtime rules. And so the Chiefs were confused. They're like, why do you guys want the ball? If you, if you win the coin toss in the, in the new overtime rules, you know, you don't, you don't want to want the ball. You know, you want to play defense for that first, first uh, possession. But yep. uh, I don't know. I think it's a prime example of not necessarily knowing the rules and then, on top of that, you know, you didn't capitalize, right? They had settled for a field goal there, and that ultimately was their their demise because yeah. you're yeah, not stopping. You're not stopping Mahomes and the Chiefs, pretty in, much in overtime. So <laughs> I saw this tweet. It said, "Man, Kyle Shanahan has gone through a lot, but oh my God. the worst thing he's had to go through, <laughs> the worst thing he's had to go through was losing to Mecole Hardman." <laughs> McCall Hardman, <laughs> the uh, the former Jet, he becomes the first New York yep. Jet to win. <laughs> Wasn't he like the first? I think he was the first Jets player to be traded, um, or not to be traded, to be cut. I don't remember if he was cut or traded, but I think anyways, he was cut. Yeah, he becomes the first Jet to be cut and then signed and then win the Super Bowl and then score the Super Bowl winning touchdown. I think the funniest thing is that Bro couldn't even believe he scored. No, he he literally <laughs> did not know, and that was so funny. He and scored the touchdown. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Mahomes is over there, like, "We won, we won, we won," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, we won, we won." <laughs> yeah, I don't. And then they interviewed him. They they uh, did the interview with him on the podium when they presented the Lombardi, and. They gave him like the shortest interview ever. Like they asked him like one question. Like this is a guy that scored the Super Bowl winning touchdown, and you don't care. You're you're interviewing <laughs> Travis Kelsey over him. <laughs> you're 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 sticking the mic in Kelsey's face, asking him to to sing uh, "Viva Las Vegas." Dude, <laughs> yeah, man, man, uh, Jim Nance on the I love Jim Nance, but on the podium, dude, he was. What do you have to say, Travis? Do do they have to fight for their right? Yeah, he literally like, oh, egged on. him on. He cued him in for that one, and that was that was kind of cringy. I know, I know, Taylor Swift was out there getting the ick, but um, also one last thing I want to talk about. 
Can we talk about Tony Romo ruining Jim Nance's call? Because that, dude, if you're a broadcaster, I think one of the one of the earliest things that you're taught is to let the crowd tell the story. Yes. Let the, let the atmosphere explain what's going on. Precisely. And Jim Nance, he sold that call perfectly, and he was just gonna kick back, relax, and let. Let the crowd take it away. Crowd was roaring. And Tony Romo says, Oh, now's my chance. I have to glaze Andy Reid. It's the Andy Reid special. It's the Andy Reid special. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs do it again. Like, dude, really? You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait just two minutes until they show the replay to analyze it, to break it down. That's the Tony special. I think that just pissed me off. Uh, listen, that I like Tony Romo. Off. I like Tony Romo. I'm a Tony Romo apologist. But, yeah, you can't be doing that. No, no. I I know Romo. Romo was very good at, in the very beginning of his broadcast career. He used to he used to call every single play before it actually happened. Uh, and that was largely because he played with everyone that was still in the league at the time. <laughs> but I feel like now he's not very good he's not nearly as good as what he used to be now i feel like now he yeah. just now he just kisses up to Mahomes and and the chiefs and, and every, i just wonder how tom brady will be next season in the booth yeah i don't know yeah I man guess... i can't lie when i was a quarterback I, I wouldn't have thrown that paul yeah yeah i don't know brady brady calls it as it is though i think that's that is that's, true that's I a think... little bit different brady is more I... upfront and honest i'll take brady over olsen any day yeah um Another thing about Romo, one more thing. I saw a lot of, I, I think it was Stephen A. It was Stephen A. talking about it. Uh, I don't remember if it was a clip from this year or maybe prior, previous years. It might, probably was from this year. But um, Stephen A. is talking about how he doesn't want to hear Tony Romo talking about guys not being able to get it done in the Super Bowl when, Romo, you yourself, you were a guy that was not able to get it done. You, I don't agree with that. You, you I, got I no rings, bro. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Tony Romo should have a ring. If he would have done, if he would have done the Matthew Stafford and requested a trade and went to a team like the Rams to where he yeah. could have be surrounded by people that helped him win, then Tony Romo would have a title. Tony Romo was a good oh, yeah. quarterback. You know, Tony Romo deserves a title. He was one of the best quarterbacks in his era. Yeah, but you can um, say that about so many other quarterbacks. You too. could, but Matthew Stafford is the only one that. <laughs> he said, "I really want a freaking Super Bowl. I got to get out of Detroit." Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't blame him, but As I don't you know. know I, you cannot I, have yeah. S in Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I just Romo, not exactly. He did not put on a clinic, dude. Um, he was all year long, all year long, and so to find out that he's going to be calling the Super Bowl with Nance, that was just a recipe for disaster. Um, with Mahomes in it as well, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess water under the bridge at this point. He ruined the Super Bowl winning call. The bridge. But, yeah. yeah, true. Uh, we have a friend. Never mind. I can't mention that on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I can do is check that timing. Uh, it's five thirty-one p.m. here, three thirty-one there. But there's always one time that we always look forward to. Time for your take, Milo. Better check that timing. It's time for Miles' take. It's time for my take. And on the topic of journalists 
and broadcasters, uh, this is a perfect time to mention my take, which is nepotism in the sports media world should not be allowed. Should not be allowed, and it is almost becoming an epidemic in the sports media field to hire a broadcaster's son or daughter or someone who's someone someone who has ties to um, to someone someone that's been established in the industry. There's a lot of nepotism, and it's been this way for it's been this way for years, for years. I mean, you can you can tie it back. Um, by far, one that sticks out to me is uh, Kenny Albert. Uh, time back to Marv Albert, um, mm-hmm. but That's true. and we all we all know Marv Albert, but <laughs> but so uh, the nepotism, yeah, allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> nepotism has been around for years, and I put this hand in hand with hiring the former athletes and coaches. That's a big one that I want to talk about. Um, just because someone or someone is a relative of an established sports media person or someone who has played the game or coached the game does not mean they are going to be a good broadcaster. Does not mean they're going to be a good journalist. Um, okay. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. What do you think of Jack Collinsworth? I haven't heard him. He's literally just Chris Collinsworth, but younger. Well, as long as he doesn't glaze the out of every other player, then I'm fine with it. His dad has a tendency to... You're going to have to censor that whole section. Yeah, that's just good. <laughs> Holy moly. It's about to sound like a radio edit, dude. Yeah, well... um, I don't know. I think he's, I haven't heard him. I probably need to go listen to him, but it's the same thing. I'm just, there's a lot of really good, talented journalists out there that get passed up on for former athletes, former coaches, sons, daughters of, of, uh, of broadcasters. And it's not cool. It's not cool. One of the most recent examples of a uh, former coach or athlete being hired for a position uh, that has kind of, you know, triggered me to make this my take was um, Nick Saban just recently announced his retirement. College game day immediately swoops in and offers him a gig, and he takes it. <laughs> Nick Saban, the guy who hated talking yeah. to the media for years and was very stale, very upfront. It's the equivalent of offering Belichick a job on air. I'm not Would gonna. You... I'm not gonna answer it. So quit yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah. Would you really? Seriously, would you really offer him that job if he wasn't Nick Saban, Saban? the winningest, the winningest coach in college football? Probably. I mean, I don't know. He can, he can, he can try to prove me wrong. I'm sure he might prove me wrong. But I just, it's like, this is the guy that you hire as the replacement. You're literally just hiring him because of because of the face, the name. It's well, Nick he, Saban. That, that's the thing. He's not replacing anybody. He's just being added on to Desmond Reese, Kirk, and uh, Pat yeah. McAfee. Pat but McAfee and Nick Saban on the same panel. Yeah. Um, McAfee's probably one of the rare exceptions, I will say. He he does a good job. I know he's a I'm former not, I'm athlete. Not a, I'm not a big Pat McAfee guy. I'm not. I lie. know there's a lot of people that, that aren't a big fan of him, but I think he brings a certain level of energy 
and uh, he's he's entertaining, dude. He's entertaining. And he that's, a, entertaining. that's a, that's a huge that. element of being a good on-air here, personality. Here, I'll give you a preview of college game day right here. <clears throat> well, I just don't think that Georgia is going to be able to pull this one out. Well, I'll stop you right there. I'll, I'll stop you right there, Nick. I, I, I think Georgia's the best in the world. <laughs> He's he's gonna start singing. Pat McAfee's gonna start singing the Georgia Bulldogs hymn or whatever he was singing. That oh, one clip. The, yeah, the I can't remember what the uh, the woo, woo, the one where they bark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I just I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of the the nepotism and and everything going on. No, I get that. It, and I know it's been around for years, but it's also it also raises the question: if you're a student, if you're a journalism student. And you've got no ties to any athletes, and nobody in your family has worked in the business. What gives, right? How are you supposed to make it into the industry? How are you supposed to make it big um, if you don't have any, like, right? A lot of these guys, their only option is really to do play by play. You can't be a color, you can't, you can't do color because that's reserved for athletes and coaches. You can't be a talk show host. I mean, well, you can be the host, but you can't be, you can't really be a panelist. Your your roles are literally either be kind of like a host or be I mean, a like like uh Ern, like Ernie. That's kind of it. Ernie like Ernie Ernie on a NBA very good example, but Ernie is really good at what he does. He is, he is. So you you have to be really good. Of course, we know that. But your only two job, your only two options, it's literally play by play or talk show host. You cannot be a you can't be an analyst in any asset, which really sucks because um, I, I don't know. I don't I know. Think, I, I think mentioning anybody on Inside the NBA is kind of a bad example because that that show, in my opinion, sets the tone for what athletes reporting their sport should be because Charles, yeah. Shaq, and Kenny know their shit. Like, we all know that. Oh, yeah. But they also act like they're players. You know, they're yeah. not trying to be anything that they're not. They're just up there to really just dick around. <laughs> yeah, and, and, really yeah. yeah, and I think uh, I think the NHL has tried to replicate that with uh, their – uh, Yeah, NHL and TNT. Um, they brought in P.K. Subban. He's a personality, but he's a clown. He doesn't know he's, – he's, he's a – unfortunately, he falls into the prime example of being hired because you're a former athlete. He's really a clown. He doesn't know his stuff. Well, I, um, I, when I was and he was, he was a. The dirty hockey player too so when i was watching the nhl playoffs i i watched the panel i'm like who the hell are these like frat boys that they got because that, yeah, that's the, the energy yeah. it's like frat boy energy from all three of their panelists on espn yeah because they're trying to they're trying to replicate that that uh inside the nba but the, because like the, you said that's the kind NBA of the standard frat boys they're like they're yeah, fun and, and that's the difference that's the difference because you've got established guys NHL, you know how they try to replicate it? They brought in one of the biggest um, NHL on-air personalities, which was Paul Bissonnette. Uh, Paul Bissonnette and his podcast, his podcast is a um, it's a barstool podcast. Um, Spitting Chicklets is is a barstool oh, podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Bissonnette, uh, Ryan Whitney, and um, I, I think Colby Armstrong. I think they they all run that podcast, and so. TNT decided, okay, well, let's bring in Biznet because he's got the largest hockey podcast out there. And Biznet, does, he doesn't know shit. I mean, he's a guy that he was a grinder. He's a grinder that literally, I think Henrik Lundqvist has more career points than him. <laughs> and, and Hank was a goalie, dude. So 
it's sad, but uh, you know, they they literally brought him in because his personality. Whatever um, happened to that guy that used to be on Sports Center with the long hair? Oh, I don't know. Remember don't know him? You're talking about no? Yes, you do. Did uh, he do he hockey? Was the, he was the hockey analyst. Um, uh, let me see. He was um. He was on it for 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 oh, Barry Melrose. Barry Melrose, yeah, Barry Melrose is good. I guess he was good, dude. Yeah, he was good, and I think they have him on ESPN now, or I I think they still I mean, have no him no. I guess they didn't. He stepped down because he got Parkinson's. Um, oh, that's really sad. Jeez. But yeah, so NHL on TNT is also kind of, and then they brought in Wayne Gretzky. They brought in Gretzky, which was probably their biggest acquisition but at the same time it's another prime example of why not every athlete should be a broadcaster gritsky is terrible at broadcasting okay he is what, he has the personality player, of an unsalted potato chip what player former or, or current do you feel like would be a good hockey analyst i don't know i don't know um i feel like off the top of my head i feel like it would not it probably would not be any of the major stars today. And that's, that's really? that. Yeah. That's the difference is that NBA inside the NBA, you got, you know, they were the stars back then. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> Kenny they, Smith wasn't no yeah. star, bro. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, you know, Shaq, uh, Chuck yeah. and, and whatnot, they, you know, they were all top notch, but NHL, the stars of the league don't have personality. You look at McDavid, he's the same way. He's got no personality. So do you think the NHL has a personality problem? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very it's very upfront. It's almost like a no-fun league, kind of. I mean, we're seeing more and more kind of personality being shown with this younger generation coming in. You look at the league now. The league's makeup now is the majority of the stars are all under 30. Um, yeah which is really good. The majority of the stars are all under 25, actually. They might, well, they might be like 25, 26, but uh, so there's a, there, there's past few years, there's been a, a youth surge that has taken over the league and they're bringing in a little bit more personality, but I still do not think that there's, there's not enough to warrant a lot of these guys being on air. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And then another example, Henrik Lundqvist, I know he's, He's he's okay. He's he just started his broadcasting career because of course Is he, he on just retired yes? a few years ago. No, he's sometimes he's on TNT. Sometimes they bring oh, him on okay. TNT. Sometimes um, he's okay. He's just he's Swedish and he's got a really thick accent, of course. And um, his personality is okay, but it's just not like you you see the jokes that are cracked on on inside the NBA. They're talking yeah. about san antonio women and whatnot right like that would never <laughs> that would never happen it would not have the same aura it would not have the same effect on you're telling me uh, they're not talking about TNT. stockholm women no <laughs> no i i don't know but yeah anyways to just kind of wrap up this whole thing because i realize it's kind of just getting rambly um i just feel like a lot of young journalists and broadcasters are being left out and excluded because yep. they're favoring former athletes, former coaches, um, you know, sons and daughters of, of current uh, broadcasting icons. 
and uh, you know you're you're excluding some really good talent, some hardworking people, uh, mm-hmm. and I think they should they should also be considered. They shouldn't be excluded just because oh well, you you don't have the professional experience, the the actual you know game level experience. You don't have that. Yeah. So I don't think it's cool to exclude them. That's For my sure. take. All right. I got you. Good take this week. I enjoyed it. Um, now we know that Hank Lungfist will not be talking about any Malmo girls. Um, let's get into cornball of the week. Uh, you just talked for 10 minutes. So I'll give your voice a break. I'll lead us off with cornball of the week. And Milo, it's, it's a pretty controversial one. Probably my most controversial one of the year. My cornball of the week are American Athletic Conference fans. It's just not who I yeah. think. I'm going to need you to uh, elaborate on that a little bit more. Thank you. You're, you're really loud, by the way. Um, I just, every time I log on to Twitter, you know, Twitter does this thing called the For You section, right? Where you get tweets that are recommended for you. And because of that, I'm a North Texas beat writer. I get a lot of American Athletic Conference fan tweets. Every tweet I see are just people arguing back and forth about things. Like It's a mess. It's a mess, dude. It's an absolute mess. And, you know, UNT's fan base has always been like, we're going to fight everybody. Woo! But now you add that to the Memphis fan base, which is pointer point fingery, and then you add it to the USF fan base for what I can tell is just super, super toxic. You already had the UTSA fan base. And honestly, the best fan base in the AAC is probably Alabama Birmingham because they yeah. just seem like they're they're miserable. They're never yeah, trying you, you to don't, be any you're, they're never you trying really to be anything them, that yeah. they're not. They're just like complaining. Like today I saw I saw UNT being like, we're going to get revenge at Bartow Arena. And, you know, trying to, like, I mean, for lack of a better term, stir shit up, right? Right. Um, and the UAB fan comments, yeah, I don't know what kind of revenge you're getting because you've won four straight here. They're- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it's, it's a mess. It's honestly... It's crazy. And then don't even get me started with the Memphis fans. I mean, they're literally, they're, they're verbally harassing and targeting and essentially bullying the physical appearance of some mean green fans. Yeah, dude. And that's, that's what I'm kind of getting it because it's like, it wasn't just, it wasn't just Memphis. There's also SMU too. No, it's like a UN. It's everybody. It's everybody. It's everybody going at each other. UNT fans will be like, yeah, screw Memphis and screw daddy's money. SMU. Were UNT fans getting? <laughs> yeah, and then some SMU fan will be like, "I freaking hate your family. I hope you die." You, <laughs> it's like my, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, calm down, yeah. buddy. It's, it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. Like, I mean, it's it's great that you know people care about it, though, right? It shows that there's a level of care to it, and it's not just, yeah, my university listen, has a sports listen. team. You and I have had some controversial takes on group of five sports yeah we have yeah but i will say i get that a lot of these people went to these schools and it is their life it's just straight up their life i get it 
I am understanding of that. That if you are this dedicated to a sports fan and it's a group of five team, honestly, respect to you because it could not be me. If they're that <laughs> committed to that, that's very good for them, and I'm happy for them. Which, and this goes for anyone P five G five. Don't like if somebody says like, listen, how do I put this? I think everybody knows what team I'm a fan of. Yeah. In college. I think everybody pretty much knows. I don't really hide it that much. I do, but I don't. It's like unspoken Riz. But if a specific red fan base says something about the team I like, I'm not going to be like, well, you, SOB from the North, I will kick your ass. And I think you're ugly and you have no girlfriend. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do yeah. that. Like, l- listen, like you, I can use this one. I'm a huge Rangers fan. That's my favorite team across any sport. That is my favorite team. Yep. If an Astros fan says, Oh man, screw the Rangers. Marcus Simeon sucks. Like whatever. That's fine. I'm not going to be like, now listen here, you Astros fan. I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to kill you. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's know. way too far but yeah american american athletic conference fans everyone i'm not saying unt is innocent in all this pretty much every fan base other than uab for the most part is the most toxic fan bases i have ever seen in my reporting because most csa programs they're just like oh my god we're in cusa yeah that's all they <laughs> care about it's clear here that like they don't care about what level, what the level of competition is. They just care about who their competition is. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's good. That's, it's definitely good to see. Right. And it's yeah. also good to see that they're not, you know, they're not ragging on each other either. They're not saying, Oh, you guys are in, you're, you're in a trash conference. We're better than you. Like you don't see that anymore. And it's really no. good to see that. It's good to see that um, these American teams like UNT FAU, you know, they now think that they're on, they think that they've made it essentially they're like yeah we're now we're now in a legit conference and we have our voice matters a little bit our our voice has it carries some some of an impact yeah for sure um and that is one good thing but uh my little psa to fans of the american this goes for you too unt fans don't think that you're innocent in this lighten up calm down what is it that that uh mr non-pfizer said mr aaron Rodgers, relax (laughs) r-e-l-a-x relax (laughs) they could take some notes from mr (laughs) non-pfizer mr non (laughs) mr anti-pfizer mr Mr. no derna yeah (laughs) all right man who's your cornball um Jimmy G, oh, or Jimmy P E D. Jimmy P E D is crazy. <laughs> That's probably the best way to put it. Jimmy Garoppolo is being suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. <laughs> that came out six hours ago from Schefter. Um, he further went on to say that the policy violation is uh, related to him using a prescribed medication uh, without having a valid 
therapeutic use exemption, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So anyways, Jimmy G took PEDs. He took PEDs. And uh, you know what's what's even crazier is that he still got benched. He, he got benched for Aiden O'Connell. And um, uh, so it's their, I don't, what, what is like, what was the substance is my question. I don't know. They probably will not re- release that. But I mean, I just think that I'm going to let, let's, let's see. Let's see if we can find it. Only suspended two games. But, uh, I mean, the Raiders are going to cut him anyways. They said Imagine he, like, drunk a Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is, um, <laughs> is that considered a PED? Is that uh, in NCAA it is. I don't know about NFL. That's wild. But, yeah. um, Jimmy G is going to be cut. Now, he is probably not going to be cut solely because of the peds but i think this is the final nail in the coffin uh, yeah. for him and it's kind of sad because this is a guy that you know he came into the league under brady and he was good he was very good his first he looked like he was going to be good years, whatever he i mean he he was a key part in that uh, 49ers team that made it to the super bowl a couple years ago i mean milo do you want to know who his best comparison is right now Right now, who is it? Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Ugh. That's that's sad. That's I mean, when you lose and, to yeah. yeah, when you lose to Aiden O'Connell, you might consider taking PT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. The question is, the question is, did he take <laughs> did he take the PEDs before or after he got benched? <laughs> <laughs> because, because if it was before, Get out that's of the tough. <laughs> Go have fun in the. Yeah, you know what, yeah, man? There's before. good news for Jimmy G, though. There's good news. Yeah. Boy, do I have the competition for him. Yeah. What the PED it? Olympics, man. There you go. The PED <laughs> Olympics. What? What? What's it called? The play, play smart or whatever. Oh, what is it called? Uh, the the enhancement game. The Enhanced Games. That's right. The Enhanced Games. Jimmy G with the first overall selection in the 2024 Enhanced Games entry draft. The Performance Boosters are proud to select Jimmy Garoppolo from the Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to have like a... You can come up with a fancy team name that'll they're draft gonna them. Have like a... They're going to have like a football throwing competition like you used to have it field day and he just throws yeah. <laughs> And now we'll have general manager Lance Armstrong up to make the pick. <laughs> With the first pick in the enhancement games, <laughs> the New England enhancers select Jimmy Garoppolo, QB. <laughs> so Jimmy G has landed himself a one-way ticket to the PED League, the Enhanced (laughs) Games. Um, Best of luck to him as he lost the starting job. The downfall of Jimmy G needs to be studied. It will be heavily studied if it was found out that he took the PEDs before losing the starting (laughs) job because maybe maybe all the PED drug makers, they might turn around and say, well, we didn't put enough into this. We need to ramp it up if this guy couldn't beat Aiden O'Connell out (laughs) for the starting job. (laughs) Yeah, whoever gave him those PEDs, he's going, what the his, hell, man? Yeah, yeah his, his plug is weak, dude. 
he needs to, he needs to talk to Barry Bonds' guy immediately. <laughs> yeah. So if he used them after, if he used them after he lost the starting job, that might still just be pretty damn sad because. It took Aiden O'Connell. You're using PEDs because Aiden O'Connell stole your starting job. I mean, it's just sad. It's tough scenario. But Jimmy G, this was a late pick. This was a very late pick for Cornball of the Week for me this week. I was sitting there wondering, it's today the podcast. Who am I going to pick? And then there it is on my Twitter from Shafter. Jimmy Jimmy, G. It came right in my lap. He came. He came. You just sounded like the Hornet broadcast. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson nearly oh, just oh came right in my lap. Jimmy G just came in my lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, whatever the future holds for Jimmy Garoppolo, best of luck yeah. because you're going to need it. Yeah. It might just be the enhanced games. Best of luck, Jimmy G. I mean, um, he's a good-looking guy. People, yeah, that's always got like, going well, for him. Though. People will like him regardless. I think. Yeah, he's but, not good-looking um, enough to get the starting job. <laughs> so that'll wrap it up for my cornball of the week, though. Yeah, there you go, yeah. GG. All right, man. Let's wrap this up. It's a long episode. Um, Jeez, man, you got you had me dying. That <laughs> that might have been our funniest cornball of the week ever. <laughs> um, um, what are you doing this weekend, dude? I don't know yet. You know, we we contemplated going to Big Bear. Um, it's very snowy there, <laughs> um, but we found out today that the snow is melting. And at this Ooh. time of the year, at this time of the year, we don't want to go if there's no snow. So I think our our, bear though. Um, I do, but actually, the bears aren't even out now. They're still hibernating, right? Oh, damn. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not a bear. You're not a. You're not a bear expert. You don't have bear friends. You call up, ask them if they're still hibernating. Yo, bro, you still hibernating? Yeah, I'll sleep. call my local. I'll Dude. call a bear. <laughs> you know, you know how they say my girl just slept for like twelve hours, whatever. Well, you know the bears. The bears are the only exce- exception. But yeah, yeah, she was asleep for for two months. <laughs> a, a black bear texts you. He's like, "Hey, man, sorry, I, I just got back. I've been sleeping for like four months." <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe it at that point because, you know, they're bears. Yeah, yeah, Anyways, so we don't know if um, there are yeah. any bears at Big Bear right now, but yeah. we know for a fact that we will not be going this weekend. So that wow. was my what could have been weekend plans. Uh, I don't really have any else at the moment aside from uh, watching my New York Rangers play on Sunday. They're going to be playing outdoors at Jet Life Stadium. That's, that's so, kind of sick. What? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, they're playing outdoors against the uh, New York Islanders, so should be a nice. Going out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they will. Uh, yeah. An outdoor game between two New York teams in New Jersey. Nothing like it. You know, you know, being from Fort Worth and all, I think I'm going to buy the Islanders and then not be able to come up with the money and sink the organization for for, for years. There you go. That's a good plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just... I don't think that's ever happened before. 
Anyway, no. uh, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, the uh, outdoor hockey games are always so cool. To my left right now, uh, they're doing lineups for for my girlfriend's hockey game. Oh, there she's you starting. Go. She's starting against Nichols. So not playing outdoors um, though, unfortunately. No, yeah, they don't have a convertible stadium, unfortunately. <laughs> That'd be cool if they could take the top off that joint. Woo, yeah. Casey. Yeah, she just got announced in the starting lineups. But anyway, um, no, I'm I'm doing softball all weekend. That's all. That's all my plans. Watching the Daytona 500 on Sunday because I am a redneck. That is a little known fact. Look at him turn that. left. <laughs> no, it's more intricate than that. Um, <laughs> I'm a big NASCAR guy. Big fan of NASCAR. Um, so I will have a grand time watching that Daytona 500. Hell yeah, brother. Um. Other than that, lots of softball. Stay tuned to Mean Green 24-7 for all of your softball needs because I am the best source of softball at UNT, and I don't think many people would argue that. Anyway, that'll do it for me and Milo. Let me uh, lastly say that um, for those who didn't like this episode, that's tough because it was a fun episode. That's what we like about doing another Mean Green podcast is we don't really have to conform to what other podcasts like to do. We're not going to sit here and talk about analytics for two hours and be boring. Snooze fest. Snooze fest podcast. Uh, that's why we're another Mean Green podcast because you're we're your alternative option where, where you can enjoy stories about bears with texting you. Anyway, if you love this podcast then you'll love being a Mean Green 24-7 VIP. That's where we get serious. Uh, is a VIP, you get unlimited access to stories written by yours truly at a very affordable price every month. With VIP content, you get access to By the Numbers, a look at UNT basketball away games by the facts and the figures. There's a lot of key away games coming up, so you will not want to miss that. Uh, other than that, the recaps will be free because I will be reporting them and the tournament is in Fort Worth. So I will be there all weekend for as long as UNT women's basketball and men's basketball are in the running. Anyway, you don't want to miss softball either. I have new content coming out for this softball season, along with our little section we have for... Um, for this podcast, I also have a new little series that is very similar to um, Game Day Morning Storylines. It is called On Deck, a look at softball's weekend and what you need to know before the Mean Green take the diamond. As Rodney DeLong and his softball team tried to get back into winning ways this weekend against number 14 Missouri and South Dakota State. At the same time, Ross Hodges men's basketball will be trying to beat UAB on Sunday to build on momentum beat by Memphis on Thursday. That'll be it from me and Milo. Text a bear. Check if they're okay after hibernation. We'll see ya.